Talk Radio to be here live on a Saturday night. Welcome in everyone to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor along with J. Doc and Joe Krause as we come to you live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. The countdown is on, J. Doc, uh, until this show on Saturday night starting at, um, which normally starts, as you know, uh, 7 o'clock. We expand to two hours uh, starting on the Saturday following Labor Day weekend. Following next weekend, very excited about expanding our labor platform for two hours every Saturday. Yep, and we got a new name coming, uh, you know, which we're going to lay on everybody. Don't uh, give it out yet, Jay. I, I, I won't. I won't. <laughs> still union. It's, it's still the it's still, still the union show, but we're we're putting a little we're putting a little sizzle into it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah so, I love it. But I love the the grand opening night. We're we're, we're opening. Uh, on the, like you said on the cell, uh, on the twelfth of September with uh, Johnny Doc, uh, who's uh, you know you know does so much for labor in in the city and beyond, uh, and of course John Kane in the second hour, um, who's a, a you know a candidate right now uh, for office, and so we couldn't be more excited. And the first two months is the who's who in labor, politics, you know, civic, everything. You know, we got so much going on before the election. Um, and yeah, you're right, Krause. We can't wait to get started with we it. We thank everybody for tuning in and being a part of Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. We've got a really timely, really impactful, uh, really meaningful uh, program tonight. Um, I don't want to say settle in and get the popcorn, but settle in and get the popcorn. Oh, yeah, a lot man. to talk about. Two great uh, union members are going to join us, uh, and, and they're going to join us in just a moment. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, the post office is, is front and center. These mm-hmm. days on the national on the national landscape, and we're going to talk to two of the uh, the, uh, the postal labor leaders, and they're going to tell us what the real stories, and uh, we can't wait to talk to them. Finn Starducci is with us, the national business national business agent of the American Postal Workers Union. Vince, a good Saturday night to you, sir. So glad you're with us. Welcome into the show. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I've been on the show a couple times. And uh, you guys were real instrumental. And the last time I was on, it was our battle with Staples, in which the uh, Staples uh, was allowed to sell our postal things and process postal packages. And that was a problem with the American Postal Workers Union. Uh, and we took them to task, and we were successful, and they discontinued it. And you guys helped spread that message. Vince, thank you for saying that. And if you could believe this... Jay Doc and I are still standing, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I'll tell you, Vince, it does make us feel good to be a part of movements like that. And, you know, one of those, that particular fight was a, a very important one when you're taking, you know, your, your, your mail and you're mailing it at a location that does not have trained employees. Uh, and so the difference is uh, n- night and day. If I'm mailing my mortgage or whatever, the last thing I want to do is, uh, go through an organization with sub-quality uh, employees. And so um, we're glad to be a part of that. Uh, we got a great show here. And, and first of all, you guys are uh, back on the, you know, the, 
you know, the front page. And there's there's so much going on with the post office. If you would, um, tell us what's going on, man, because you're all over the place. Well, i got, I got to go back to uh, in March, uh, guys, when, uh, unfortunately, the COVID pandemic hit and postal workers were considered essential workers and our members came to work day in and day out. And we did have some that, you know, unfortunately became ill. We actually lost some postal workers who uh, passed away and uh, got rest their souls during the pandemic. But our, our members were essential and needed to come to work to get the mail out. And, and during that time frame, we, we had uh, the parties at the headquarter level making sure that our members were able to work safely with the proper supplies uh, so they can do the job for the American people. And, and, and we've continued that uh, up to and including today as the pandemic continues. So uh, w- with that, uh, we, we began, began to hit some real obstacles during the last couple of months. So let me bring in Chuck Camp, who's the president uh, of uh, Local 7048, which uh, where, where Vince was formerly the president and Chuck was the VP. Now you moved on to the national office, and we're happy to have Chuck as the local president. Chuck, how are you, sir? Great, Joe. Thanks for having us on, guys. Uh, we appreciate the uh, the support and the opportunity to uh, to come on and expose a lot of the craziness that's going on with the Postal Service right now. And we're, and we're, and we're glad to have you, man. That's that's what the show's about. Where do you want to start, Chuck? Where The the list, the craziness list is a long one. Where do you <laughs> want to begin? What's the first? Uh, what's number one on the list? Well, well, it is a long one. I mean, uh, the most recent, I guess, is uh, I'll talk about the machines being taken out of the building. I mean, uh, the the parcel volume is through the roof, as we know. Everybody's uh, stuck at home. I guess everybody's ordering things delivered to their home. So we have tons of parcels, but they're taking the machines out of the office. I've seen in my office right up here in the Northeast where uh, – I got a call from the plant manager. Said, uh, you know, Monday morning we're going. This is a Friday. He says Monday morning we're taking out this uh, parcel processing machine. They just notified me. I had no idea. Uh, then he comes back to me the next day and says, never mind. We're keeping it. And uh, when I rolled in Monday morning, they were actually taking it apart. So they're not even telling these managers what they're doing, and uh, you know, taking machines apart and setting up manual operations. We're going back in time here. And it's clearly an attempt, in my opinion, to, to slow things down. And why would that be, Chuck, in your opinion? Well, I, I think that uh, based on the people running the country right now, the guy at the top, I don't even like to mention his name, would love to see us uh, dismantled, privatized, sold off to the highest bidder uh, for the profitable parts of the operation, and uh, anything to make us look bad. And then you got the mail-in balloting, which I think is going to be a very important issue in, in this election in November, and uh, he would also like to uh, make sure that doesn't um, go off smoothly. So uh, not a friend uh, to us in the White House. Vince, let me ask you if you can help the listening audience understand the magnitude of mail-in balloting, meaning that the sheer volume or potential volume that would come from that as a business, your ability to be able to process that and, and, and what that means. I think it's hard for a lot of people to understand that. Well, we have been trained as postal workers during elections 
to make sure that not only the ballots that come in must get processed, but all the literature that is sent in by the various candidates, which is vital. Because when a candidate is spending good money to make sure that their information makes it to the doorstep of the American people on time, uh, it's, it's vital. So our folks, our members, and our members for, for just the audience to understand, the American Postal Workers Union, who I'm a business agent for, uh, represents every clerk employee in the country, every maintenance employee in the country, and every driver, as, as well as our support services. So we make up about 200,000 postal employees uh, nationwide. And of course you're aware of the, the letter carriers, which is a, the National Association of Letter Carriers. Our mail handlers union work inside with, with clerks and the maintenance employees, and then you have your rural carriers. So everybody knows, we're all team here. We recognize that this mail is vital. And, and we have a mantra that every piece counts. So especially during election time, there's a special designations in each plant where they know this is election material, whether it be literature, whether it be ballots. So the members know what to do. They, they, they've been told, we have stand-up talks, explaining all that. So now when we take a step back and we have built-in delays by the new Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy, and, and I guess I'll ask you guys before I continue, do you remember the names of previous Postmasters? I mean, we've had a lot of them. Besides Ben Franklin, any of them no, jump I, you? I don't. I don't, don't. remember them. But right. I know that one. I know Louis DeJoy. Uh, I, 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 I know Ben Franklin. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> but you understand. Well, that's, hold on. Not, 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 hold on. Not, not that's, that's because you went to high school with him, Joe, but that's not important. <laughs> um, but, no, you know, I know Louis DeJoy, of course, because he's been ravaging hell on the members of, the, uh, of, of, your, uh, of your union, for crying out loud. Um, so that you're right. That's that's the one I know, and of course Ben Franklin. But what what has he been doing? What kind of ravage has he has he been creating? Well, when I go back to March and take it up till May, May is when they announced we're going to have a new Postmaster General. The word was out. He was he was a supporter of the President of the United States and his campaigns over the year. You know, over the, the last election, and then we start doing some research on on Mr. DeJoy and learn that. Not, not only was he a, a campaign a contributor to, to Donald Trump, he also had some ties dealing with his business and the Postal Service. So right from the get-go, we recognized that, wait a minute, here's somebody that's going to be the Postmaster General, by the way, never worked for the Postal Service, has no background working with the Postal Service, and it was reported in the Washington Post that the joy is roughly $265,000 holding stake in UPS and J.B. Hunt. He sold New Breed Logistics, his company, that did work for the Postal Service for $615 million in 2014. His company has done work for the Postal Service since 1992. He told Business Journal in 2016 this has been a $3.54 billion program. So you tell me, used to do this, and now he's the postmaster general running the place. And now, as some people saying, running him over a cliff because he has built in delays in the Postal Service with his new policies that basically hit the floor in July of, of 2020. 
Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Vince Tarducci is with us. He is the national business agent for the American Postal Workers Union. Chuck Camp is the president uh, of the APWU Local 7048-7048. We'll get to our first commercial break, and we'll continue with Vince and Chuck on the other side back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Got a great show and a great conversation going on uh, right now, Jay Doc. Uh, the subject or the topic or the um, the phrase or the name post office sure. is all over. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's in every conversation. It's in every conversation, and we're glad uh, to be able to have Vince Tarducci and Chuck Camp with us uh, for the uh, kickoff of the show tonight. Absolutely, and and and, and Vince, you know. Uh, y- you, you, you hear privatization coming out of, uh, I think, Trump's mouth. You hear uh, Trump calling the, uh, all postal workers a joke. Um, and then you, you got this, this new uh, postmaster general uh, who, who obviously was a big supporter. I have a question for you. Do you think he was brought in uh, to dismantle the post office in an attempt to privatize? Absolutely. No question in my mind, no question in the minds of many that that was the plan. I mean, why else would you bring somebody in who has no experience whatsoever in the everyday dealings of the United States Postal Service? And I emphasize service because they're, they're treating it like it's a business. We are a service to the American people. That's what we do. We, we don't get any taxpayer funds whatsoever. We do our work based on revenue that comes in day in and day out. We are a service. And, and that's the point that we have to emphasize to people. We are a service. And, and he's bringing it in to run it like a business where what's going to happen? I think this is their attempt. We are a 91% favorable, favorable rating in the last poll they did in March of this year. We're number one out there. And I said this the other day. I don't even have a 91% favorable rating in my household. So <laughs> let alone, you know, 91% that the, the American people believe in us. And the other day we were in front of the Bustleton Post Office with Congressman Boyle. And we had a number of people handing out literature, engaging with their masks and social distancing. And the public was on our side 100%. They were with us. They understood that we were vital. We were essential. And there's no doubt that the plan is to take a piece of the, of the uh, to, from the American public of the United States Postal Service. Chuck, let me ask you about the uh, morale, uh, about what you hear from your members. Uh, good question. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good right now. I mean, people people are still coming to work through this. Vince mentioned that we. Uh, we lost a couple of employees from our facility to the COVID virus and passed away, unfortunately. I mean, people are coming to work every day, and they're dedicated people. They always have been. 
been there for over 30 years, and, and I see what they do. The, the people care about all that mail as if each piece was their own. I see it. And then to be called a joke by the President of the United States, is uh, it's not going to bring up your morale, that's for sure. Uh, and, I mean, the institution that he's talking about is an amazing institution to have run for all these years as a nonprofit, taking no tax dollars and providing excellent jobs with benefits and providing a tremendous service that the people of this country have, like Vince mentioned, over 90% favorable, have been really appreciative for the work that we do. To call that a joke is just it's way off, off mark and... Uh, People are fighting through it, though. You know, having said that, though, I bet a lot of people don't even know that. In other words, they, they think it's a, you know, a, a, a federal organization. Um, you know, uh, and, and I'm sure everybody thinks taxpayer money. What? People don't know what. Well, people don't realize that the that the post office is run by the postage that we buy for the mail that we send. Okay, and for the, the you know the you know the, the materials that we purchase. Okay, why is why is the structure of the organization even controlled? By the President of the United States or Congress, you know. I mean, if if the if the if the United States people are the ones literally funding it with what we purchase, and I and I'll ask that to Vince, why do they even have a say in it? Well, uh, it probably goes back to the Postal Reorganization Act. You know, before that, we were run basically by Congress. Our, our wages were done by they used to call it collective begging. Well, postal workers went on strike in, in 1970, and that led to collective bargaining, and that led to the Postal Reorganization Act, and they had layers of different things where Board of Governors were, were established, a lot of them based on partisan, so many Democrats, so many Republicans on there. And, but over the years, many of them understood that it was a service that we were dealing with, and lately... You know, they have different feelings when you have a postmaster in there who has no experience whatsoever. I just want to throw one thing out there, just so people have the mindset of understanding. You put a stamp on a letter, 55 cents, and it goes from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to Alaska. Okay? Pretty great bargain. It's going to get there. How much do you think that costs in terms of work hours? Well, just go through the whole gamut of, putting it in the mailbox, having to go to, to the sectional center, and so forth. So it's clear we are not a business. We're a service. That's a service that's going to get done by government employees. Vince, it's unbelievable that you brought up that example because I, I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with my brother-in-law. We are constantly amazed by that, J-Doc, I can put a stamp for, as Vince said, and that letter we'll get, will go through that. the hands of the system sure. and individuals and then reach its destination. It's mind-blowing right. to me that and, that's and, how it works. But, but you know the hot issue today is, is the vote-by-mail situation, which is at the forefront of everything. And, and, and there's, you know, you talk about the, um, the machines getting scrapped during the pandemic. Uh, including right before the election, which is uh, a problem. I mean, it, it doesn't make common sense. Uh, let me ask you a question, and I'll, and I'll go with Chuck because I want to talk about it on a local level first. Chuck, you know, let's, let's talk about the security of the mail. Okay, you know, right now when, 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 you're, when you're talking about, you know, the, the vote by mail, the, the, you know, the big fear is, 
Uh, and this is not a joke. I mean, literally five years ago, who could have even imagined this conversation? But that the Russians uh, or China are going to take, you know, they're going to jump in, in front of the process. How possible is that? How can they, can, 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 can this be, can the integrity of this actually be, be uh, jeopardized? No, I don't think it's even a question. Vote by mail has been going on for decades. Um, they've done it all through the country. It's on a bigger scale right now, but they found virtually zero fraud. I think there was like 250 million vote by mail, and they, and they had questions about maybe 250 total ballots that came in. That's probably, not even probably, it's less than the people showing up the polls when you're talking about questionable activity. I've seen the mail, like Vince mentioned before, even the, the political mail, the mailings that these candidates are sending out, is treated with such respect. I mean, political mail stamped all over the place. Do not delay. Get this stuff out. Because they they know that the postal workers putting this out. Nobody's looking at it and saying, hey, I'm a Republican and this is mail for a Democrat. You go to jail for this stuff. It's a federal offense. It's protected by the federal government. And it's more secure, I think, than any other way of doing things. And, as we all know, voter suppression is something that's coming from the Republican Party, and getting everybody the opportunity to vote is the American way. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Great conversation with Vince Tarducci, who's the National Business Agent, American Postal Workers Union. Chuck Camp with us as well, the president of of the local, joining us uh, for the show. We have one segment to go uh, with Vince and Chuck. Vote by mail at the forefront, J-Doc, in all states. We'll have that conversation uh, when we come back on the other side of the commercial break. Stay with us. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Flying by on a Saturday night. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Vince Tarducci with us, Chuck Camp with us, Jay Doc. Good conversation. Our last segment with uh, both Vince and Chuck. I want to get as much in as we can sure. uh, in this uh, in this uh, final segment. I also want to make sure that Vince and Chuck have uh, a good opportunity uh, to just at least address. Uh, that subject of vote by mail, which right now is at, it, it's it's just on the front page. It's on the front burner. It's, it's like it's, a pawn, it's, actually. It's, it's 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 in everybody's mind, uh, and that's, that's well, you know, you got you got the president talking about China and Russia intercepting the mail, man. I mean, guys, uh, and I, and I, and, I, and I'll go to Vince for you know because we're talking about uh, the states across the country. How confident? And I know Chuck talked about it locally. Uh, but how secure are we on a national level? We're dealing with the vote by mail? Yeah. All right. Well, number one, I want to clear things up in the, in the, in the mind of the American public. Vote by mail, mail-in vote, absentee ballot, it's all the same thing. So people do understand that. With the pandemic, a lot of states made a decision to allow people to vote by mail without any reason whatsoever. Pennsylvania did it, and New Jersey passed it, where they're going to mail them out automatically. And actually, there's not going to be postage will be prepaid on there. So they recognize that in 2020, that thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans are going to vote by mail in each state. 
Each state has their own uh, laws basically on that. And what they're pushing there is to try to make the deadline a little sooner to get your mail in than later because it's difficult if you have a deadline of October 31st and November 3rd is the election. So they're working on those different things. And the difference in, in sending mail, anybody who votes by mail, for the most part, will be mailing it within their township, within their community. So I live in Philadelphia. I, I'm automatically registered to vote by mail. I will get my ballot in the mail, and I will mail it, and it'll go in Philadelphia. So everybody who votes are going to be mailing it. It'll be overnight for the most part in all these different areas. I am convinced it's secure. We have hear the president saying it's going to be a rigged election. He's already preparing for an appeal on those kind of things, by the way, without any evidence whatsoever. So just say it, and people will believe it. But for him to say it's going to be a rigged election, he votes by mail. The Postmaster General votes by mail, and now they're going to go on record and say it's going to be a rigged election? Come on, ridiculous. Well, and it's interesting, though, because, you know, the logistics of this thing are, are crazy. Now, we talk about Postmaster uh, Louis DeJoy, um, you know, creating new policy changes that are leading into delays. Let's also talk about the, the retail services hours that are cut um, across the country, uh, you know, on on. Um, in some cases during lunch hour, especially now when we're coming up on an election uh, and, and, it, and we're doing the mail-in voting. I mean, is, what is that about? I mean, you're supposed to be helping, not hurting. Well, that was the first thing that came down in the middle of July because we had conferences that we were involved with with the Postal Service that they were going to cut retail hours throughout the whole country, Monday through Saturday, cut out lunches. Saturday, some places not even open. And we fought. We made a lot of noise. He kind of backed on it recently, made an about face. However, some of the people either didn't get the message or maybe he was talking out of both sides of his mouth to the, to the, the media so they can back off on him. So we're still fighting for that. It doesn't make any sense for people who work, who go during lunch, to mail something and get the Postal Service to see that they're closed. So that issue is being fought day in and day out. All this, you put all his policies together, and, and what it may lead to are delays. In fact, we've heard different nicknames of the Postmaster General DeJoy, and delay is one of them. Postmaster General DeLay, we've heard Postmaster General Destroy, Disaster. So uh, he, he's certainly not a friend of labor early on, but uh, we are confident, and I, know, and I must say this, in the month of December, we take in billions and billions of Christmas cards and packages, and we handle it. We can handle that amount of mail, absolutely. Whether they have to have additional hours, hire Christmas people for that, we can do it. It's nothing different with mail and ballots. We can handle it. Chuck, let me ask you if it's this simple. Is it as simple as putting a stamp on your ballot and leaving it inside your door where the carrier will pick it up and process it. Is it, I don't even know if you have to put a stamp on it. You know, it's self-addressed. But is it, is the process that simple? It is that simple, yes. That's, that's part of the service that you can leave your mail right there on your mailbox, in your mailbox for your carrier to pick it up and take it for you. That's provided for you. I mean, we know they've taken away a lot of the uh, postal the blue boxes and over the years trying to cut 
more service to the people. But yeah, it's that simple. Fill out your ballot. I'm not even sure if you do have to put the stamp on there. I don't think you do yet. That's being discussed. But leave it for the postman to, to deliver for you. And uh, we will get those ballots in. We do it every December with the Christmas time, the peak season, uh, the service ramps up. The service always does what the service needs to do to take care of the American people. And we will do it with mail-in voting. Vince, you remember we talked on previous shows about um, your uh, – Krause brought it up during, during the break – about the, 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 uh, your members' pensions having to be funded, I think, 50 to 70 years in advance. Is that still the case? Yeah, and, I, and we were going to touch on that. I'm going to defer to Chuck. Chuck was going to handle that. Thanks for asking. Yeah, so that, I mean, that goes back to what we were touching on before, this not-for-profit service to the people that, based on the uh, Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act of 2006, all of a sudden we start out every year $5.6 billion in the hole because the Postal Service is required by that act to pre-fund retiree health benefits 75 years into the future. That's, that's retirees who haven't even been born and started working yet. They already have to set aside that money for their health benefits. And I think it's just another of the little uh, plans to make the Postal Service look bad, make them look inefficient. No company, I don't, I don't think, could, could... I mean, you're working as a nonprofit, and to start with that big a hole and still be doing as well as we are is, is miraculous. Um, so we have survived all these attempts to... Uh, Tear apart, tear apart the service, and that's one of the biggest ones that's still a problem. We have some bipartisan support, but uh, we haven't had that lifted yet, that responsibility. It, it's absolutely insane. If you're listening to this, I want you to think about that for a second. They're, they're required to fund their pension 75 years in advance, and you get handicapped with budget uh, bull crap, and like, you, like, like the post office is broke, you got Billions and billions of dollars in a pension fund for people whose grandkids aren't even built yet, aren't even born yet. Why? Tell me this, Chuck. Why? Why? What ridiculous reason could that be? Well, I think with uh, with George Bush in the White House at the time, uh, I believe that's where it really started with trying to just undermine the Postal Service and um, start us down the road of privatization. I think people have been looking to do that for a long time. The reason it hap- hasn't happened yet is because public opinion matters. The public wants their service right now. Uh, as, as much as they can try and make us look bad, it hasn't been successful. And so far, the American people are demanding to keep their service. And I hope it stays that way because I know, uh, you know, once they, if they are ever successful at this, it's going to be the people who suffer. The areas that, that the Postal Service covers every household every day, doesn't matter where you're at. Um, they're going to suffer in the long run. 160 million addresses every day that the Postal Service is delivered to six days a week at the boat. Uh, Vince, last question for you. We have about 90 seconds before we have to get to the break. And I don't know if this number's 100% accurate, but I want to guess that somewhere around 140 or 150 million people voted in the 2016 election. If 150 or 140 million people vote in the 2020 election and they all vote by mail, can the post office handle 140 million ballots? 
Absolutely. And what they'll do, just like they do during Christmas, is make sure you, you bring on the people that you need, additional hours, the postal employees. The, during the pandemic, the unions have agreed to uh, additional employees without a cap to make sure that the mail is getting through. So we absolutely have the capability of doing it 12 months a year. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with some of the obstacles are out there, but we certainly can handle it. And, and, and before I, I go, I do want to make a comment, if you don't mind, folks, and, and it's important. The American people want their mail. They want their, their medicines, their mail and ballots delivered in a timely manner, and they certainly do not want drastic changes and delays in the midst of a global pandemic just months before the national presidential election. The public is on our side, and we'll continue the fight for the American people, uh, despite having some problems here. I didn't touch on the stimulus bill. I should real quick. The House passed it last Saturday with 26 Republicans voting yes. So we had bipartisan support. Senator, uh, the, the majority leader in the Senate, probably won't put it on the floor because he knows it'll pass because there's, there's 53 Republicans, there's 47 Democrats, and we know Republicans will cross the aisle to pass that. And then it would force the President of the United States to veto that bill, and they don't want that during a presidential election. But that's what probably would happen if the Senate did ever bring it to the floor. Hope you guys will come back again. Vince Tarducci, National Business Agent, American Postal Workers Union, Chuck Camp, President of Local 7048. Uh, really good conversation Absolutely. tonight, uh, Vince and Chuck. Thanks a million, man, for uh, joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And, of course, um, perhaps you heard us reference at the top of the show our expansion to two hours beginning in September. Uh, and at some point, we'd love to have you both uh, back on uh, as we move into the fall here of 2020. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank guys. you very much. We appreciate it. Take care. All right, good stuff. We'll get to a commercial break. On the other side of the break, J-Doc, uh, Brad Sadek, founder of Sadek and Cooper, uh, will join us. We'll tell you why he's here. He's been here before. He's back. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IATSE Local 8, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. And back here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Want to jump right into our final segment, J-Doc. Just a, a lot to cover. We're going to bring Brad Sadek into uh, the conversation. Founder Sadek and Cooper uh, has been with, with us on the show uh, before. He's a partner with the labor community. Uh, he delivers incredible information, and he also provides a tremendous service, which is exacerbated right now uh, because of the pandemic. Great to have him back with us, Brad. Welcome. Welcome in on a Saturday night. Thanks for being here. Joe Doc, Joe Krause, thank you guys very much for having me. Um, you know, at the tail end of your show, I realize our time is a little bit limited, you know, but hopefully I can answer the questions that are, you know, on the minds of uh, the people of Philadelphia that, you know, need help with uh, debt relief. Yeah, and that's the thing, uh, you know, uh, Brad, we, we appreciate, for people who don't know, Brad, you know, and, and Seda Cooper, the Philly Labor Debt Relief Program, now during a pandemic, um, needed more than ever. So let's go right through, we got we got a few Spitfire questions, but they're important ones, okay. like you said. Uh, what's the advantage, especially now during the pandemic, of filing a bankruptcy? Well, I, I think the pandemic has showed us how tight people's budgets really are. 
Um, one of the unions that we represent, they actually are comprised of mostly school bus drivers, janitorial staff, cafeteria workers, and, you know, with schools going back, you know, somewhat virtual, um, you know, and that union also, you know, they employ people in hospitals uh, who are working, um, but all over the city. Um, they also have people that work at the airport. And, you know, a lot of those members have actually recently contacted us because their overtime has been cut. They're not getting the usual hours. Their pay has been cut. Maybe their hourly pay, you know, has taken a little bit of a hit during all of this. You know, and because of that, because they don't have as much money coming in, there's not as much left over, you know, for the benefit of creditors. And when I'm, what I'm talking about is, you know, not mortgages or car payments. I think those are, you know, primary concerns. But, you know, as far as credit cards and uh, personal loans, maybe medical bills, um, those type of debts are that I consider the bottom of the barrel debt. And, you know, what people can do is they can actually have that debt possibly discharged or, you know, repay that debt based on solely affordability. And now that affordability is less, people need help. You know, they need more help than ever. Um, so, you know, people are reaching out for it. The good thing about the unions, um, you know, most unions, they have a call-in uh, service where, you know, there's a plan provider that they're referred to. So unions are, you know, they, they the union members have a benefit uh, sure. where they know, where they're guided um, sure. to an attorney and an experienced attorney, you know, in debt relief. And that's a major advantage because a lot of people, they're going through the same issues, sure. but they don't know where to turn. Brad, I almost feel as though this bubble that started in March has not popped yet. And when it does, people will be overwhelmed by the process. Um, and at one point, they're going to wake up and realize, oh, my God, I need help. I, need, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Is that am, am I right with that thought? I, I, I think you're absolutely right with that. And I think it hasn't popped yet because right now, the unemployment in Philadelphia are still on hold. Car creditors are still, you know, giving some sort of relief or forbearances. And people are and have been getting by. Well, what's happening is, starting in October, Philadelphia is going to start um, having foreclosure sales once again. Car um, creditors, they're starting to repossess. Um, you know, collections are starting. Collection lawsuits are starting to heat up. And I don't know exactly when it's going to burst, um, but... You know, it's coming. It, it, it's absolutely coming. I saw a stat that 40% of Americans are behind on their mortgage. Now, is that based on affordability or lack of affordability? Or is that based on the mortgage companies themselves saying, you know, we're here to help you, we're going to help you, and people are putting that money back in their pocket? If they are putting that money back in their pocket, and when the mortgage does come due, 
those people aren't going to have an issue. It's the people where, you know, they're not saving, they're, you know, they're engaged in a forbearance plan, and what's going to happen when that forbearance comes due. Um, I don't think mortgage companies are going to be as apt to modify mortgages because the last recession that we saw, um, you know, home values, they were devalued. Uh, They were going down. So mortgage companies were giving out modifications to keep people in their homes. But nowadays, um, you know, home prices are relatively high, and that's a product of interest rates being at record lows and inventory being at record lows. So mortgage companies are going to be able to foreclose on these houses and recoup their investment by way of share of sale. And so you can, I and, but, think, but I want to ask a quick, a quick question. You can help stop that process. Am I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can definitely help stop that process. Um, it's always best to stop it in the beginning of the process. Um, if somebody lets the process go to the tail end, you know, the problem is over time as the months go on, you know, they're incurring not just the mortgage arrears, but interest filing fees. Um, if there is a, a, an attorney involved, they're incurring, uh, you know, interest on the arrears, appraisal fees, and everything else. So, you know, the arrears are growing exponentially. So it's always better to stop that process, you know, sooner rather than later. Now, Brad, real there's quick. more options available. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, I was just going to ask you that real quick because we got two minutes. What are the okay. different types? What are the different options and types of bankruptcy? Well, in, in bankruptcy, you have a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and a Chapter 7 bankruptcy is a discharge of debt um, and a discharge of unsecured debt, credit cards, personal loans. Chapter 13 bankruptcy is a reorganization of debt. What that does, it allows somebody who's behind on their mortgage or behind on their car to engage in a repayment plan, you know, over three to five years, and then they're able to only pay, you know, based on affordability back to their unsecured creditors, the credit cards of the personal loans. What we try to do is have those unsecured creditors get as close as possible to 0%. So the monies, you know, are allocated to keeping a home, keeping the car, maybe repaying IRS debt, you know, debts that are in essence, I don't want to say more important, but a larger priority as far as a collection point of view. Brad Sadick joining us here on Saturday Night Live. Brad, I'm going to give you the last minute just to let people know how they can get in touch with you. I hope the listening audience can hear the empathy in your voice. You are very real and you are there to help, Brad, and I hope the listening audience gets that. Um, talk about your contact information. Um, I'm so sorry that our, that our conversation was so fast tonight. No, that's okay. Um, so our phone number in Philadelphia is 215-545-0008. Our New Jersey phone number is 856-896-9003. The website is sadiclaw.com. Um, right now, still, all of our appointments are over the phone. 
Um, on the debt relief side, everyone talks to me. Brad Sadek, founder of Sadek and Cooper, um, and just a really, really good guy. Awesome. And, and, and Brad, as we say goodbye on uh, this Saturday night, um, I hope someone out there in your family is listening in again to you on Talk Radio 1210 at <laughs> uh, WPHT. Uh, we'll see you next month when you join us again. Um, true friend of labor, Jay Doc. Nice Absolutely. to have Brad Sadek with us. I'll give you 10 seconds, Jay. No, no, I want to thank Brad for the information, man. I mean, hope he's, gonna, he's saving lives. Good stuff. That's going to do it for this edition of Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Uh, we thank everybody for tuning in on this Saturday night as we remain live and local. On behalf of Phil back in the studio, on behalf of J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.